Today on the Pro-Life Podcast, you see this cell phone right here? This is the new abortion clinic. The abortion industry has adapted after Roe v. Wade to continue pushing abortion all across the country, including in Texas. We need to talk about this. Let's get started. Happy Thursday, pro-life family. Thank you for tuning in. We have a very special guest again, Dr. President John Sego, and as always, Bailey Sundbeck. Hello. Yep. Good times. Thanks. Good Thanks times. for having me back. Yeah, of course. And today we're talking about the a new and elusive way that the abortion industry has adapted since Roe v. Wade. It's important to realize, like, people never thought we would get to this position in the first place, right? Like, we always thought there's always going to be an abortion clinic down the street. And I think even recently researching the number of abortion clinics that we've had in the past, like there were at least 40 less than 10 years ago uh, or about 10 years ago. And now we're in a totally different space for good and in some ways for bad, right? Yeah, I mean, especially here in Texas, I was talking to some of our friends in Massachusetts, um, some of our friends in uh, Louisiana, and they have completely different battles going on, right? In Massachusetts, they're trying to protect their pregnancy centers from these attacks from the left to, uh, you know, affect how they can consult, um, you know, counsel women who are facing unexpected pregnancy. So they're like over-regulating pregnancy centers there. So our pro-life friends have a different fight there. Yeah. Louisiana, they're talking about exceptions, trying to protect all children, no matter the circumstance right. of their life. Um, so they're different. In Texas, um, we've had amazing two years of able to stop you know, Planned Parenthood, Whole Women's Health, stop them from committing over 50,000 abortions a year um, and in, in the brick and mortar you know, clinic that was in all of our major cities. So we've gone from that uh, to a new day and unfortunately the kind of evil spirit that is pushing abortion is still present in Texas. It's, it's not as if the enemy has gone home. It's not as if, uh, you know, pro-abortion forces have given up, uh, but the, you know, the battle is shifting. And the kind of stark message that we're trying to get across in, to all of our friends is that the new abortion clinic is as close as your cell phone. Right, I mean, this is the new abortion clinic in pro-life states, even yeah. in Texas, is, you know, our, you know, the abortion organizations are pushing, you know, kind of going digital and still pushing death, still pushing, you know, trying to convince women that the best, the thing, you know, that the, in their best interest is to take the life of their child. It's just the, you know, the landscape has completely changed. Yeah, it has, and I think that in some ways it can be easier to get an abortion now than it was 10 years ago. And not because of the laws necessarily, but because of uh, just how how the abortion industry has adapted and gone more online. And that's just like what everybody's used to now, right? Like you get everything online, you get your groceries online, uh, you have it delivered same day or next day. And that's just like how the entire culture has shifted and the abortion industry has gotten onto that. And so if we don't address that now, it's like, there's, this could be so big and so elusive that um, it becomes this, I, I wouldn't say it's a lizard right now, but a smaller dragon can become an even larger dragon and it's gonna be difficult to fight because, you know, back in the day it was easy because you knew where uh, women were going for abortions. You show up at the abortion clinic, stand outside and pray. You can talk to them and counsel them and hope, and see a life saved, hopefully, hopefully that day, but 
now it's like everywhere is the abortion clinic. Mm -hmm. Everyone is that woman who could be standing, who could be going into the abortion clinic and you have no idea. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so kind of basically what's, what's going on is these, um, abortion organizations are setting up websites that, you know, not talking about abortion drugs, but actually selling them. So you put in your credit card information and they're mailed directly to you. Um, you know, the, one of the biggest organizations that's doing this is based in Europe. And, um, you know, until very recently, they've been, you know, the doctor in Europe is using a pharmacy in India and mailing the drugs directly to women, uh, directly to their homes, directly to their dorm rooms. Um, as pro-lifers, we need to figure out how do we interrupt that? How do we get a message of life there? Um, how do we reach these women to convince them that they have the support in their communities, um, that it is in their best interest um, to, to protect their child and protect himself from these dangerous drugs? Um, and that's going to be very difficult kind of on the grassroots activist side as well legally and, and legislatively. How do we stop uh, these efforts? And so, you know, pretty tall order uh, ahead of us to, to respond uh, to this, you know, evil, evil spirit that's pushing this new form of death. And it seems that, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seems that the only way that we can track to know how many of these abortion pills they're sending um, in our country or in our state is from the abortion side claiming that they're doing it. But other than that, we wouldn't know, right? Yeah, I mean, it's unregulated. So yeah. it's, it's illegal. It's actually mm -hmm. a state jail felony in Texas to mail an abortion-inducing drug to, to an individual. And so that illegal activity, it's crossing the border, but it's still kind of, I mean, it's still part of the administering it, you know, delivering it to the woman. And so, yeah, I mean, these doctors are, are committing crimes, but, you know, because it's online and because it's done in packaging, you know, it's not easy to enforce the law. Mm -hmm. um, and we, you, there's just a lot of difficulties to actually enforce it. So yeah, we have no idea how many, we're just looking at these organizations that every once in a while come out with a report or talk to a reporter yeah. and say, these are our numbers. Yeah. So, um, and then now, you know, I think, Bailey, you were just telling us about a new development from, from pro-abortion states that are trying to do their part. You wanna tell us about that? Yes, yeah, so I was reading about an organization called Aid Access, and they have a team of seven doctors, midwives, nurses um, that are very openly experimenting with these laws. Uh, you can, you literally read their quotes, like they, they are not totally sure that this is legal, but they're doing it out in the open um, because this is the new goal, is to be able to send abortion pills and they are fighting tooth and nail to make it possible. And they even said that they have mailed medication abortion to 3,500 people under their protection of SHIELD laws, which those will protect clinicians clinicians who serve patients in states where providing abortion is illegal. So so are the shield laws helping the is are those in the illegal states or the legal states? So in the legal states, so California, you know, New Jersey, uh -huh. they're setting up, you know, kind of sanctuaries. We want to, you know, protect mm -hmm. organizations like this, doctors like this that are going to, you know, participate in something illegal by mm -hmm. mailing a drug to another state. And so they're just saying, as long as you're in our borders, mm -hmm. you're protected, you're safe. Gotcha. Uh, and we're gonna protect you from, you know, those big bad pro-life states that may come after you. Yeah. This, this enemy is so large and again, it's already so large. That's even without um, this heavy advertising, heavy 
um, you know, marketing that the abortion industry has been picking up on, but is nowhere near the level that they want it to be. And so I think whenever we look at this issue of abortion pills being mailed, and it's important to know this isn't birth control, this isn't emergency contraception, these are abortion pills that will, that are designed to kill a preborn child 100% of the time. And then the second drug is to cause yes. labor. Yeah. Yes, 100% of the time, um, and that's their goal. And that's what, um, whenever we look at this issue, there's not a silver bullet that's going to take down every approach to stop this. And yet you see so many pro-life people who have stopped talking about this issue because they think, oh, well, we won, it's over. Mm-hmm. But really, it's it can become as big as like the um, in other inappropriate stuff that's online. Um, and we don't want it to get to that level where it is so pervasive, so elusive that later becomes almost impossible to tackle. And there are some things that we can do right now. There are some uh, avenues that we can take and we're gonna talk about more, uh, talk more about those in a second after the break. Texas Right to Life is facing 14 lawsuits from Planned Parenthood and the abortion. They're suing us because we helped pass the Texas Heartbeat Act. And they're trying to scare us pro-lifers into backing them. Please join us in the fight against Planned Parenthood and donate to protect the Texas Heartbeat Act. You can fight for the unborn and build a pro-life Texas that values every human life. Go to texasrighttolife.com slash lawsuit to make your contribution. Every cent will help and it's greatly appreciated. Without warning, you or your loved one could end up in the emergency room where every second counts and your medical wishes matter more than ever. However, if your loved one doesn't have the right medical documents on hand, they may not be able to make decisions for you in a crisis. My Life Angels solves all of this by walking you through step-by-step in creating these important medical documents and storing them online securely for you and your family to access at any time. The service is only $7 a month, but use the link in our description for 20% off your initial subscription period. Don't let strangers make life and death decisions for you. Get the My Life Angels app today. Welcome back, friends. Thank you uh, for coming back here. And we're going to talk about what the real implications of uh, whenever we look at these abortion pills, that there are actually real women who this is affecting and real preborn children who are dying from this in large numbers. Again, we don't know um, what the numbers are until Aid Access and these other groups um, actually self-report and publish it but it's becoming more and more pervasive. And there was this one really heartbreaking and kind of disgusting story that we actually found in preparing this episode of a woman on Reddit saying that I live in Texas and I ordered these abortion pills and here is what happened. Yes, so this is a Reddit post that we found. Um, it is it is dated back in April. Uh, she filled out, and I'm just gonna read, kind of summarize what it says. Um, I'll quote some of the things that she says and just prepare yourself, it's pretty graphic. Um, so she orders the pills in, at the end of March and she gets them by the beginning of April. Um, it seems like maybe a week went by. And she says that once it arrived to the post office, um, or sorry, once it arrived to her home, um, she took the first pill that night and then she woke up at 7.45 for work the next day and had pink discharge down her legs. She left early from work because she was feeling more nauseous than normal and then she literally went home and slept all day. And then 
she had to start taking more Tylenol for the pain that night. Sorry, this is the night after the day she took the very first pill, the Mifepristone. And then she took four misoprostols at 7.40 p.m. And as soon as the 30 minutes were over, she had diarrhea and the worst cramping she had ever had. She said it was brutal. She sat on the toilet shaking and had to get help from her sister getting to bed. She took another Tylenol and that didn't help. So she took Tylenol with codeine and that lessened the pain as she passed multiple clots while crying on the toilet. She concludes her experience uh, with with just explaining how awful it was, but then also calling herself a wimp and saying that she's glad that aid access helped her on this journey. Um, and then that it was just a waiting game for her for the next five weeks to see if the pregnancy test would come back positive or negative. And, and then in the comments, some other people chimed in and, and they were saying, yes, this is my experience too. Um, and, and she told somebody else that had the same experience that she was still scared she might be pregnant. And that part just, broke my heart because this does not sound like feminism or female empowerment to me. This sounds like the opposite. Women deserve so much better than this. And it's scary that it's all happening in the male. It's, it, there's no human to human contact. There's no more, like, like we were saying before, people praying outside and, and physically being there to help somebody. Like this is all being done in secret. And that's dark. And heavy. It, yeah, I mean, and, and it's it's extremely dangerous, you know, medically. And we've had, um, you know, Dr. Scott on a couple of times who's mm -hmm. talked about, you know, seeing women in the emergency room uh, environment after, you know, taking these drugs. And then also, I mean, it's, it's just extremely dangerous when, um, the, when these drugs were originally put on the market, an in-person visit was necessary for a couple of things. First, to confirm pregnancy, but also to make sure that there's not an ectopic pregnancy. Um, because if, if a woman has an ectopic pregnancy and takes these drugs, that's not going to affect her ectopic pregnancy, which if it's untreated, it could cause internal bleeding and it could threaten her life. I mean, so this is extremely dangerous for women to take these pills and think everything's good when there could be a real you know, difficult and, and life-threatening condition there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, it's just extremely dangerous, not even to mention this is fatal for the child. Mm -hmm. This is dangerous for the woman. And, you know, when you're on this website filling out these forms that we've looked at, it's just a bunch of questions, right? There's no, you know, it, it's you're, you're saying this and, you know, how far along do you think you are in your pregnancy? Um, there are all these guidelines, or there have been all these guidelines from the FDA about these drugs, about when in pregnancy you can take it, under mm -hmm. what circumstances you're not supposed to take these pills. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, all of this health and safety regulation goes out the door with these organizations just pushing this. And like yeah. you said, uh, under the guise of helping women when, yeah. when it's just extremely dangerous. But, you know, when you look at these operations, they're illegal websites, and it's been, it's, it's been extremely difficult to enforce our laws because they're online. The servers are in another jurisdiction. Um, it's being done by people who are, you know, outside of the country. And uh, the Biden administration has, you know, ordered like the Postal Service, you know, that they are has clarified the Postal Service doesn't have any liability, you know. So if they're using, you know, the Postal Service, that it's not their job to check what's in there. Um, and so enforcement of our law has been really difficult. Um, and, you know, we look at all, all of the different options. And here at Texas Right to Life, you know, we've been working with our legislative team to, okay, how are we going to do this? How do we disrupt 
the companies that are doing this. You know, there's a mission side of it. How do we reach these women? But there's also just the law enforcement aspect of it. Um, and so we did have some bills uh, you know, that were filed this session to help us with those, you know, increase that liability, help us with long arm jurisdiction, going after some of these bad actors. None of that legislation moved. Uh, so I know you talked to Rebecca. Yeah. Um, yeah. None of that legislation got attention, uh, you know, and, and moved. But we still have to fight to get some more tools on the table. But even now at Texas Rights Life, we're looking at what can we do? How can we help, you know, go after these bad actors, whether they're in a shield state, starting to challenge that, yeah. those, those shield laws, uh, or, you know, going directly after the websites and making sure that we can protect it. Um, you know, some of the legislators had some bills to increase liability for the, uh, the internet providers, you know, kind of making sure that they have uh, an interest in protecting this stuff from, from getting on their servers. Um, none of that, that moved forward, but, you know, it, it kind of seems a little unorganized of what we're going to do in response, you know, but I was, Kim, I was telling you earlier, you got to think about before Roe v. Wade was overturned, you know, we were very aggressive in trying anything we can to get the right case in front of the Supreme Court. And that's one thing, you know, a lot of people thought that we were uh, too aggressive because we wanted a case before the Supreme Court uh, to challenge Roe. And so we were swinging, mm -hmm. right? We were trying the 20-week prohibition based on the reborn child's pain. We, uh, we passed the dismemberment abortion ban. Um, you know, that was, again, targeted to get the right kind of challenge up to the Supreme Court. Um, we were working on the anti-discrimination side of it. Um, you can protect children from discrimination even, you know, as, as soon as you know the, right. the gender of the child. Um, so we were swinging. Yeah. And there was no silver bullet, but we knew we had to keep pushing the envelope. And that's what we feel like right now at Texas Right to Life, we need to start swinging after this new trend. We need to start going and trying things and trying, uh, you know, enforcement side, trying legislation, trying litigation uh, to actually put, you know, a, a stop in this this new pro-death movement that is, is pushing the drugs into it. And uh, so, you know, there's a lot of things we want to do on that. But there's also just an element of the mission. How as pro-lifers do we need to be thinking about this new landscape? Like you said, we're not going to the abortion clinic to pray outside, uh, you know, uh, on the sidewalk anymore. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what do we need to do as a pro-life movement to now respond to this new trend? Yeah, and uh, something that sticks out to me from the Reddit article, like, I feel like there's like the legality side and then there's the culture side, which we're always talking about at Texas Right to Life. Right. You need to fight on both sides. And reading this, this Reddit post, it, it shows you how desperate these women are. And like I said before, like we're supposed to love our neighbors as believers. And it's it's so sad to me that people are, are going through this and they're going through it alone. And so it's really important, especially on college campuses or you know whenever you, you have friends that are in childbearing years um, to talk about your beliefs and to let people know that you love them and that you're here for them no matter what, because I mean, if, if I ever knew anybody that went through this, I would be heartbroken that they didn't think they could come to me for help. Absolutely, and I think that's like, that's the role of the church more than anything, that we have to say, hey, you know, to the pastors talking to the congregation, if you ever, if anyone in here ever becomes pregnant in, um, a, in an unexpected situation, 
you can't, you do have support here. This is what it's going to look like if you find yourself in that situation. The entire community is going to come around you. We're going to help you uh, take you to doctor's appointments if you need to. We're going to cook meals for you. We're going to help you babysit. These are all the tangible ways that we will help you. You will not be alone. And this does not have to be scary for you to where you are willing to go through something as horrific as what Bailey had read um, because you're afraid of being a mom and being alone and being in the situation when really that the child is a gift and your motherhood is a gift and that we can celebrate that and embrace that as a church. And this is not the time for believers to be silent about this issue because now instead of the problem, the, the threat being localized to this brick and mortar abortion clinic right here, we know where it is. Now it's everywhere. It's at every single cell phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think about my, my parents they were outside abortion clinics, you know, here in Houston, and they had a prayerful presence there. Um, and, you know, they you met several women that they helped, you know, have their, their children get adopted, my parents um, adopted, my sister, you know, and, and so they had that mentality out there of like, we will do anything for you. We value you so much, you know, that we want to, to be there. And I think that's kind of sidewalk counselor mentality we need to have that every day as pro-lifers. Yeah. We need to be the kind of presence, have the kind of witness that that's our attitude no matter where we are. Yeah. Um, and that people will know, like you were talking about, there there is, you know, there is support here. Um, the other aspect about this that I want to emphasize is college campuses. Oh, yeah. And just, just uh, you know, we are actually have our new class of fellows coming in that we were training, and I was talking to them about what's going on on their college campuses, and uh, they were just telling me about two semesters ago something they called Sticker Wars, mm. where they're, um, you know, one of these websites that's selling abortion pills would go into the bathroom and put up their sticker with the QR code that you scan it and it goes to these illegal websites. Well, the pro-life group created a sticker that looked exactly like it, but it linked to their pregnancy center in town and they went and they would put it up. And she said that they had the sticker wars going back and forth. And like they found the tricks of like, uh, you know, theirs, if theirs got hot, it was harder to pull off. And so like they would go and like, I mean, this is kind of the creativity of these, you know, pro-life college groups, Mm -hmm. but that is the front line. I mean, that is, you know, these websites are targeting college women so aggressively Mm -hmm. uh, on their campuses with Facebook and um, Instagram ads. Uh, maybe TikTok. I don't know. I'm not on TikTok. Right. Um, uh, I'm too old. And so, uh, I, but that's kind of the the battleground is, you know, these college campuses. And so it's more kind of at Texture Right to Life, we feel like, you know, it is more important for us to have a dynamic pro-life presence mm-hmm. because they may be the last line of defense for a woman who thinks going to these illegal websites is in her best interest. It is really important to, to acknowledge the lies and and the message that Roe v. Wade has planted into, we've talked about this before in the podcast, that Roe v. Wade over the years has convinced women that being pregnant should cause you to be fearful to the point of taking these pills. And that is so scary that we've made it this far. As I read that Reddit, that Reddit post, I just thought to myself, how could she possibly think that motherhood would be more traumatic than taking these pills? Like, and I know it's not that, you know, clear black and white, but to acknowledge the fact that women have been lied to for so long, um, and this has kind of become embedded into our culture in America, uh, that 
if you, hey, if you get pregnant and you know, and it's not culturally acceptable within a family or whatever your family might believe, um, that you should be scared to the point of, of risking your life taking these pills. And that is not okay. And it is the pro-life movement job is our job as a pro-life movement to ensure women that they are protected and that they are safe and that we are here that we are here for them yeah. on college campuses and everywhere else. Yeah. One of the doctors in that uh, Guardian article that you were reading earlier talking about the shield states and how the other uh, states like California and New York they're trying to uh, be a safe haven for doctors who are sending abortion pills into pro-life states illegally. Um, one of the doctors I believe in New York said that um, they had sent out and fulfilled so many abortion pill orders that their their family's ping pong table was covered in abortion pills. And that's a sentence I never ever thought I would read or repeat, but that is where we are, that this is um, just people who think that there's nothing wrong with this, that they're yeah. helping women. And we have to be that voice that counteracts that and says, there is something higher, there is a greater gift, and that's the gift of life and the gift of family and the gift of motherhood, and we can you know, come alongside each other as we embrace those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, and I think that's kind of why, you know, I, I think about it like Texas Right to Life has existed for, for 50 years, uh, you know, and our calling to protect life hasn't changed, and the enemy's, you know, kind of determination to take life, to, to, to bring death, to bring injury, mm -hmm. that hasn't changed either. Yeah. Uh, what has changed is the way that the landscape looks, you know, yeah. the tools that are being used. And as pro-lifers, we have to constantly be uh, praying for wisdom, praying for insight, praying for courage mm -hmm. to respond appropriately. And right now, you know, I, I think one of my biggest concerns is that we have a lot of our friends who are pro-life who are sitting on the sidelines because they think the battle is over. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reality is, yes, 50 years later, this looks a lot different. We've had huge victories in the last two years, um, but this is a, a pressing threat that is taking lives in our state right now, and we have to respond. Uh, we, have to, we have to respond in prayer. We have to respond in speaking up the truth, but also action. There is there are, you know initiatives that we need to launch, that we need to start uh, to to be pushing back on this evil. So uh, the more we can do to to educate people, uh, to talk about this new threat, um, hopefully will will help some of our friends kind of get off the sidelines and figure out there is still a fight for life going on, even in a great pro-life state like Texas. Yeah, right on. All right, friends. Uh, I think that's about everything that we have for today. You have your homework, though. I think that in order to combat this idea that the pro-life movement is done, I think your homework, you should share this episode with one friend who does care about life, but um, just shares the idea that this issue isn't done and to be mindful of what this new frontier looks like, that no longer is it that we can uh, isolate all the abortions are taking place at this brick and mortar clinic, that they're taking place everywhere. They're in our own neighborhoods, they're in our college campuses. So if you share this episode with one other friend, then that makes them more aware. Yeah. Is that, is that everything that yep. we have here? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you again for watching. We will see you in two Thursdays from now. <laughs>